Welcome to Sharing the Spectrum, an Autism Canada podcast, an engaging series of discussions about relevant topics, including parenting, relationships, employment, education, nutrition, and so much more. We look forward to introducing you to people from our ASD community and sharing their perspectives on life and autism. And now, please enjoy this episode of Sharing the Spectrum, an Autism Canada podcast. This is Julie from Autism Canada. Today, I'm speaking to Blair Dernan, founder of Spectrum Skateboard Society, about the benefits of skateboarding for kids on the spectrum. Take a listen, and if you like what you hear, please subscribe for more of this kind of content. And now, enjoy the program. So Blair, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to be talking to you today because I think what you're doing is amazing and I really wanna share it with our community. I think that um, skateboarding is such a great um, activity for kids and, particularly kids who are on the spectrum who might not be as engaged in a team sport. So why don't we get started by um, having you introduce yourself and talking a little bit about your relationship to the spectrum and, uh, and then we can go on from there. Uh, yeah. So, well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Blair Dernan and I live in North Vancouver and I started spectrum skateboard society. Uh, I think it started in November it really started, I've been skateboarding for 35 years, um, and I have two sons, one who has autism, my oldest, and um, over COVID, um, just really started to skateboard a lot because I was the stay-at-home teacher, and uh, I left my uh, job to do that, and then I just really noticed, Jack is his name, how much Jack was excelling at skateboarding. And um, he, of course, being, he's 12, but being, being involved in community sports is always a big thing where I live. And he just wouldn't take to baseball or soccer or anything like that. He was always the kid. Um, as people know, some kids with autism like to flap their arms and, and hop back and forth. So he would be the guy in the dugout doing that. And then nobody would be talking to him because they just don't know how to engage with that, coaches included. And then, um, so I saw how well he was doing in skateboarding and it just clicked in my head that this would be a great thing to teach other kids with autism. And what a fun thing for you as a dad to be able to spend that time with your son and mm-hmm. uh, build that connection that way as well. Does your other son skateboard as well? Oh yeah, he skateboards. He, um, but he actually came up to me <laughs> probably about a month ago and he said, daddy, I'm just not into skateboarding as much as Jack. <laughs> I was like, Sam, I, I thank you so much for your honesty, but that's okay, man. That's right. Um, sorry, did you say how old is Jack? Jack's 12. Okay, great. So he's, I have a son who's 12 too. Um, so he's going into grade seven this year. So that's a big deal too, socially deal. and the chain. Did, did he go to a middle school and then is he switching in to a middle school no, so, or is he? No, they go straight from elementary to the oh. high school. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. My guys did a one to six and then seven and eight. And then, and that was, that was tricky anyways. Okay. So let's get back to, let's go back to the business. So, um, I'm fascinated that you left your job to stay home and teach. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And especially this last year during COVID, it's been really hard for kids. And so having an activity and, and, and let's face it, most organized sports were canceled anyway. So having an activity that you could do as, as an outlet from online learning, which is so hard for so many kids oh my gosh, must have yeah. been such a godsend for all of you really, and especially something you love to do too. That's for sure. I mean, you could really notice it in both my kids' faces when 
I mean, the teachers just seem to load us up with worksheets and I mean, and that's fine, <laughs> but you could definitely see it in their faces when they've lost complete interest. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then luckily I, we built, we have the space in our yard that I built a, a three foot mini half pipe. Wow. So we, yeah, we'd go out there for recess and skate the ramp because as in COVID, probably the same as in Ontario, all the skate parks were they had yellow tape going around them. So you weren't supposed to use them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the only other option was the road, but you might as well build a ramp, shred the ramp. That's amazing. <laughs> if you have the skills and the space to do that, your yeah. kids are so lucky. Yeah. I, yeah. I know. Um, I know certainly with the lack of, of social activities, it's been tough for the kids. So that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So you basically started with your kids and then mm -hmm. you had this genius idea that maybe some other kids wouldn't enjoy doing this. Well, uh, I mean, to, to take it way back, I, I went back to school in my thirties to become for therapeutic recreation. And for people that don't know what that is, we use, we use recreation and leisure activities as an intervention to address the assessed issues of somebody, be it a mental health issue, a mobility issue, a rehab from an injury or something like that. So the intervention that I use is skateboarding. And so when I first got out of school, I worked for the Developmental Disabilities Association in their leisure program, and that happened to fall at a recreation center beside a skate park. Uh -huh. So, so before and after work, I would go skate the skate park, and eventually the kids that were coming to the leisure program noticed me out there skating, and they they started to come out and, Oh, I want to try that. Can you teach me how to do that? And so that's where the idea, my, huh, like, should I be a skateboard instructor instead of this? Right. Like, and, that, and that was years ago. And then once this, the, the story I told you before happened, it kind of just all came together. And it makes so much sense because uh, I feel like skateboarding is such a cool sport. And I think kids uh, are, are seen as a cool sport. I think it's a cool sport. I yeah. think kids want to be able to do it. You know, I see kids out on the street here just practicing for hours and hours and hours because they're mm -hmm. so determined to get that trick. And I don't know what they're all called. I know there's one called an Ollie that my kids <laughs> have been trying to do for a long time, but yeah. I think it's amazing. And I think that if you can engage kids that way, particularly kids who maybe have a mental health issue or have a disability of some sort, it, it mm -hmm. allows them to spend time with a great mentor like yourself, but also to meet other kids who are interested in the same activity, but not necessarily participate in a team sport where the team is depending on them, which I think is also which is also hard. And you talked about your son stimming um, uh, and, and kids not really wanting to engage with him and coaches not really knowing what to do with him. And I think that's, yeah. you know, obviously that's one of our big missions here at Autism Canada is to, is to uh, make sure people understand that that's just uh, an emotional response. It's, it's nothing but an emotional response. It's just like you jumping up and down and, and yelling hooray or something, you know, and, and I that's hope right. that we can spend some time and, and make sure that people are more educated on that so that kids can participate that way. But mm -hmm. for you, for, um, for uh, creating an opportunity for kids to be able to learn some really great skills, meet some other kids and also um, be accepted in, in an inclusive mm -hmm. environment. Well, that's like the whole idea around spectrum skateboard society. Um, I try to like skateboarding in a skate park where there's other people around is pretty similar to a team sport. Uh -huh. Like everybody is there doing the same activity. 
most people are there. If you're working on a trick like, and you're failing at it and finally you land it, everyone's been watching you do that. They start to cheer for you. They, the big thing in the skate park is you tap your board on the ground instead of clapping. Um, and that happens all the time. Last week or two weeks ago in one of my classes, there's this really good skater at the skate park when I got there. And I just, I usually go up to the skaters before the lesson and say, listen, I'm going to be teaching a lesson with kids with autism. I'm trying to teach the etiquette of the park. So just so be, just be aware that the kids are there and I'll try to teach them to be aware that you're there. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, he, this older skater saw me teaching this kid this trick and he finally got it. And then from across the park, it was a, yeah, a big <laughs> scream from the skater, right? And, and the look on my student's face was just like, oh my God, that guy saw me and it's right. like awesome, huge smile on his face. But yeah, so back to the whole community or the, com- the community part of it or the team feeling the skate park is I want these kids to feel like they're a part of something. But like you said earlier, there's no rules. Like there's no, you don't have to perform to be right. a part of this team. You go at your own speed. There's no boundaries. There's nobody telling you, you have to do this trick. You can try whatever you want. Right. And now that the, the skateboarding is in the Olympics, there are some parts of the skateboard world that don't like that because a lot of people see it as an art form rather than a sport. Right. Um, and it, and I think it's both of them because uh, skaters are in shape. Like it's, it's a hard, it's hard work to do that, but it's also the art form part of it. It's back to the no rules. You do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go here and do an ollie right away. You can do a kick turn and then do an ollie, you know, it's right. just, there's so much stuff that you can do. And with the skate park atmosphere and what I'm trying to do in my lesson is, as you know, kids with autism may not have the social skills or the social cues to have somebody say hello to them and they just won't respond mm-hmm. or, or they're just not comfortable in the group setting, but I'm trying to bring these kids together and make it as comfortable as possible for them so now if if one of my kids or one of my students lands the trick I encourage the rest of the class to like way to go Mm -hmm. you know just to try to get the positive communication and work on some social skills with these guys that's such an important point because first of all the the encouragement from the other skaters in the area would be so great for these kids Mm self-esteem um what a sense of accomplishment to know that people who aren't necessarily in your group, but are outside of your group are watching and are seeing you do something and are excited for you that you've, that you've done it. And also you're right. Like having the opportunity to work at your own level, but be Mm -hmm. surrounded by other people so that you can uh, develop some of those social skills and learn the etiquette of the park, and then maybe come back on your own or with your parents and, and do some stuff by yourself and not necessarily in your class and be comfortable going into that environment and know you're going to be supported by the people that are there. That's amazing. And that's so huge. I mean, for any kids, but, but for kids um, on the spectrum, that must be just a massive, um, Mm. I don't even know what the word is, just like a massive buzz, really just, they must be so happy when that happens. I'm so excited, you know, it happens all the time. Like it happens just, I go from, I mean, it's baby steps through the lesson and you meet, I meet the kid where they are anyway, Yeah. what level they're at. And, but to have a kid ride down a bank, like people watching me holding their hands down the bank. And then finally I let go and they go on their own, just a small accomplishment like that. People recognize that and they, 
they cheer for it. It's That's awesome. fantastic. I love it. I love it. And I mean, you've sort of covered this, I think, but, but and we've sort of talked about it a bit, but for, for a child who's neurodivergent, why do you think skateboarding is a great sport? Uh, well, my, it's, it's just such a great sport because it's that I go back to the non-team sport thing and it's in the balance that it creates. And it's also the cool factor. If I can, cause some of these kids, I mean, I hate to still think it is around, but it is bullying is a huge part of growing up for some of these kids. And especially if somebody's different and they're stimming, kids are going to bully them. Mm-hmm. But if, it's, if, if they're stimming and they've got like a cutoff jean jacket on and a skateboard because they're into skateboarding now and suddenly they're the coolest kid in the school, you know, that's, it's amazing. That, and there's that part of it because I think every kid and it's part of my whole, I say it all the time. I think to give a kid the chance to feel cool is just so huge for their self-esteem yeah. um, to make friends and the skateboarding community, as we talked about earlier, there's so many people in there. And what a great spot to meet friends. Mm-hmm. Um, taking Jack to the skate park in the earlier days, um, I would go skate. I would teach him some stuff. And then I would go skate a different part of the park. And then I would notice the older skaters now talking to Jack and teaching him how to do stuff. Or like he was now asking them, oh, how'd you do that cool trick? And it's just a great community. And it's just a, such a great place for kids with autism to fit in. What a great confidence booster too. Yeah, and, yeah. and you're right. I'm sure there's a real variety of people that participate in skateboarding. I mean, I know, yeah. I know some women in Toronto who are, you know, in their forties and they've started a, a skateboard group for, for moms and, yeah. you know, and it, it ranges from young, young kids to, you know, to, People mm-hmm. in their seventies, probably at this point, still, you know, if you yeah. if you can manage it, because people have been doing it for so long, and it's been such a such an important or such an important part of their lives, mm-hmm. and and adding it to the Olympics is really interesting because it really brings some attention to it as a sport as well, which is which is interesting. And and um, we were watching the other day actually, and I I haven't done a lot of reading about it yet, but it was it was mm-hmm. really interesting to watch the other day. But do they have to do a, a specific? Do they have to do specific tricks in their nope. Olympic things? No, they can do whatever no. they want. So that's, so that's what makes the Olympic skateboarding so awesome, you know, and I don't know, figure skating. You have to do those certain jump spins, you know. The, yeah. Yeah. Like, or else check you just the don't boxes the, kind of, you know, right? Trick. Yeah. So in the skateboarding, you have 45 seconds to lay down your best tricks. Ah. And, and, of, and of course, the judges know how hard some of the tricks are compared to others, of course. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you can lay down some pretty solid tricks in 45 seconds and somebody else comes in and tries the hardest tricks, but can't land them, you're still going to move on. Right. So there's a lot of judgment there. (laughs) Can I do it? Can I do it today? How am I feeling today? What do I do? That's right. That's right. That's really interesting. I guess it's a bit like snowboarding that way, isn't it? Snowboarding similar. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your programs. So you have started Spectrum Skate Society, Skateboard Society, so that you can um, provide lessons to kids. Mm-hmm. And I know you're doing privates, right? And you're also doing group lessons or just group lessons at this point? Uh, no. So if some, somebody would have to request a private lesson. Right. Because my whole, I started this thing, like, like we talked about before, is to get these kids together. Right. Right. Okay. To work on the communication and to work on the yeah. social aspects of it. How many in a group generally? So because of COVID in, in springtime, I, I started my lessons off with three kids. Okay. And that was also mainly just to see what kind of traction I would get with it, to see if there was any interest in it at all. 
and that quickly filled up. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, it filled up. And then my next session the spring filled up and now summer's full and it's awesome. But so, so summertime, I kept my numbers down to six kids could sign up because I also, if the child needs to bring their support worker or their BI with them, then they're more than welcome. So I, I didn't want to suddenly have 20 people with the support workers included, just taking over this entire skate park. Right. Yeah. I guess if you, you know, don't have a just, private space, it makes it a little bit tricky. You have to be sensitive to the fact right. that you're sharing the space as well. Yeah. yeah. So I kept it to six kids and so far there, nobody's had to bring a support worker, which is great. Um, I have one volunteer um, that works with me. She is also on the spectrum. That's great. And I actually just hired her last week for her very first job um, as an instructor. Amazing. Um, and then she's hired. And then again, she's going to be hired in the, one more for one more week at the end of summer. That's great. Oh and my gosh. She must've been thrilled. Yeah. She, yeah. She liked the paycheck. Yeah, but, Well, that's a big deal. You know, it's your first job is a big deal. And if you can do something mm-hmm. you love and. Well, so I have this grand vision uh, for, for spectrum and it's, is because in a couple of weeks or a couple of weeks to a month, I'm going to be um, getting certified because there's now there's the international certification program for skateboard instructors. And so in about a month or so, I think I'm going to be taking that course and then also becoming a facilitator to teach that course to, to, to train other instructors. So my, my grand vision for spectrum has always been kids that hopefully stick with my program and come through the program. I can eventually train them to be an instructor and pay them to come in now and teach the kids and just to keep it all um, with autism and giving them the opportunity now to have employment or volunteer opportunities if, if they need the hours to say graduate high school. Or right. Something. And that's so amazing too, because if they know you and they're familiar with you and then they, they proceed through the program, become a volunteer, mm-hmm. become an instructor, how great um, and how much confidence would that also provide these kids mm-hmm. who don't always get the opportunities, you know? Um, it's, it's tr- I imagine it's really tricky. I have a son who is neurodivergent and I imagine that it's tricky when it comes to job interviews, if you stim when you're excited or if you don't make mm-hmm. eye contact. Sadly, mm-hmm. it, those things are still important, right? So That's right. Um, being able to put that on your resume and say, you know, I've done this for the last few years and, and mm-hmm. here's my reference and I've done a great job. And that's a really great vision for your organization as well. So, um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I've had Jack out to, uh, to volunteer on some of the lessons and he just lights up and he's like, Oh, Oh, you got to have your foot in this position. You know, suddenly he's not shy because he's coming in as I guess the authority or something, you know, it's just, it's given him this confidence to, to teach the other kids. And I even have in my lesson that I'm doing now, the group of kids, one of the kids was with me all through spring and now she's back and she was teaching the other kids. Oh yeah. He means to put your foot here and just watch me and I'll do it. And then you watch me. Oh, that's (laughs) so great. No, that's Mm -hmm. amazing. That's so good. So are you teaching all day? Is it mornings? Is it afternoons? How did this? No. So, so I've just knowing my son and, and working with the kids at the developmental disabilities association, I came up with two lesson blocks. So I have a three hour lesson that's Monday to Friday in the summertime. And that's from nine to noon. And the reason I do that time is one is it gets so hot in the afternoon Mm. 
And it's just in the park that I'm in, there's no real shade in the park. And then the other, the main reason is that the park just starts to get super busy come the afternoon. And you can see, you can see in the skate park, the, the dynamics change. It goes from me in the morning and a couple little scooter kids to like some younger teens, you know, the odd swearing will happen. Yeah. <laughs> and then as it gets later on, the older kids come and then it just becomes not a very friendly, I don't say friendly guys, everyone's still friendly, but you don't need to be hearing what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just becomes a little less mature. Probably. I also want to give the kids like, okay, you've done your skateboard lesson. Uh, hopefully you're going to go home and skateboard for the rest of the day. Right. But it also gives the, gives the families and the kids the rest of the day to do something else. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then my other, so I do that. And then the next week will be a hour and a half lesson only. And that's mainly for the kids that just wouldn't be able to handle. Like I leave it up to the parents. If you're, if you think your child can handle three hours, sure. Bring them. But most of the time, the kids that are in the hour and a half lesson, the parents are sticking around Mm -hmm. just in case some hyper focus with a pad doesn't fit properly. Right. right? Um, So then so then the parent can step in and I can continue on with the lesson. Right. Yeah. It's so good. I just (laughs) I mean, I really started following you on Instagram as soon as I saw what you were doing, because I just was so excited about it. And I feel like there needs need to be more programs like this. Mm-hmm. for kids you know um i wish mm-hmm. you were a national organization <laughs> well i just had somebody uh instagram message me they're like when are you coming to the okanagan when wow. is spectrum skateboard society opening in the okanagan isn't that great mm-hmm. well i have when i first kind of did this it's not an official one but it kind of like a business vision where i want to be in so many years and stuff like that i, I have right across canada is in there Wow. That's great. Well, that's good because I think, you know, you know, there's lots of uh, skateboarding camps and things here, but nothing mm-hmm. specific for kids who just might need that little bit more attention or mm-hmm. just a different, a bit of a different setup, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's really exciting. And and as you train people um, mm-hmm. and as you work on your, um, as you work on training other kids and getting volunteers and stuff, hopefully you can, you can expand it you know, to the Okanagan and to lots of other places, because I mean, it, it, you know, you want to be able to go to different skate parks and give other people the opportunity as well, which is amazing. That's right. Well, speaking of other skate camps, I was, I was skateboarding with Jack yesterday afternoon and we happened to be at the school where one of the bigger skate camps lets their kids off of their bus. Mm. And so I was just kind of watching the dynamic of what's happening there. And as there was, there must've been 15 to 20 kids there. And most of them seem to be friends already with each other. So then in my head, I was kind of like, this is why I started this because Jack would be sitting in the corner by himself. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and all these other kids are already joined to the skate camp, probably with their friend group. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and it's only just because he just doesn't have the social skills. So this is. Yeah. So I, I was I I was happy to see this camp because it it made me look at what I'm doing and going okay I am doing this to get these kids to to eventually fit in with that group of kids. Well, you're making a difference for these kids in their lives for sure. What kind of feedback are you getting back from getting from the kids and the parents? 
Well, the, the main feedback that I've had is that everyone that signed up for my very first spring session has all signed up for my second spring session and my summer session. Wow. So I'm seeing a lot of the same kids come through and the parents have been great. And the parents are, I mean, to see the look on the parents' face when they come back um, after, say, the three-hour lesson and they see where, where their child has gone from the beginning to the end. There's just huge smiles and the cameras are out and they're videoing everything because at the end of the lesson, when the parents show back up, I'm usually like, okay, let's go show mom yeah. or dad what we've done today and like how far you've come. And, and it's the feedback's been amazing. The parents have all emailed, not all of them, but a lot of them have emailed to say, thank you so much. We're going to sign up again. That's so great. And it must be so it must feel so good for you as well to know that you're making a difference like this and that you're, you're creating some happiness in these kids' lives and that you're giving them this opportunity. That's, um, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. And it's also, what's also helped out for the parents um, with signing up again is I've, I've been approved to be a service provider. Um, so now they can use their funding, their autism funding to pay for that's their great lesson. Yeah. That's amazing. So really, um, that really takes a bit of an income barrier out of it as well for these kids. Right. Oh, that's really exciting. Um, how was that process? That process was super easy. Um, so I just kind of, I just emailed back with the autism funding for BC and they were, so then I got a phone call from them or they actually somebody sent in the request to pay form that had me listed on it. Um, and then the autism funding branch phoned me to do like a phone interview on to see if I would be accepted or not. And because I went to school for therapeutic recreation and I explained to them the, the communication skills and social skills that I'm doing to work with the kids and skateboarding. So now I'm, I'm listed as a social skills group. Yeah. So now families, instead of instead of having to pay, like pay up because I was brand new at it. I did, had no idea how it worked. Yeah. Um, so, so in a lot of the families that were doing it, never used any of their funding for anything. And so they really didn't know what to do either. So they would pay first and then send the RTP in and then I would get paid. And then I would have to refund their money. Get paid again. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but now I know how it works. So I just get them to send in the form and then. Wow. I wish yeah. more um, organizations would do that because I feel like, like, you know, the funding's available and let's figure out how to use it because mm -hmm. let's figure out how to give your kids the opportunities with the funding as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's excellent. Um, what age kids do you have coming? Like what do you have a, do you have an age limit? Mm -hmm. So I listed it as, and I need to revamp this coming to the next, next year. I'll probably revamp this, but I have kids, uh, ages six to 17. Uh, the oldest I have right now is 15 youngest is six uh, but most kids seem to be nine to eleven but the reason why I revamp this is I think I need to just because this is gaining momentum I need to have kids the same age in the groups and that's that's all I really need to do you know especially for that social bit right I think exactly. um, I think you're right you can have a little bit of a range but to have maybe the you know 10 11 12 year olds and then the 14 15 mm -hmm. 16 year olds or something like that yeah. would would really help with that socialization and it that's also right. It also makes it a little bit easier for you with respect mm -hmm. to managing the groups, I would think, because right. if you have really young kids, um, as much as they're probably great skateboarders, the day might be long or the, you know, it might be, might be harder for them. That's, so that's right. Yeah. Okay. That's but this great. whole thing has been a learning 
Yeah. Well, it's all new, right? Like this is your first year, but look at how well it's going. That's great. What, uh, so what are your plans for the rest of the summer? You have groups going through August and into September, I assume. So right now I have groups going until uh, the end of August and I'm about to launch some fall classes. But so the issue that I have and the reason why I can't go farther into the end of the season is that as most people know, it rains all the time here. Mm -hmm. Um, Thankfully in the summertime and usually into September, it stays pretty sunny. Um, but yeah, I have no covered space. There's no covered skate park to go to, which we need one here. Yes. (laughs) Yes. No kidding. Let's advocate for that. The indoor skate parks that are, that are out here on the West coast are probably an hour and a half to two hours away from where I live. So it just doesn't make sense for me to try to utilize those ones. Yeah. So we really need to get an indoor space. Yeah. In uh, North Vancouver area or the lower mainland area, I guess. Where are the lessons? Where do they take place? So the lessons take place in Lynn Valley, which is in North Vancouver. Okay. And the skate park is the Kirkstone Skate Park. Uh, a lot of the other skate parks, they they get slam and busy, like right in the morning. Right. And Kirkstone just doesn't seem to. So that's great. I mean, and I don't just use it because it's right around the corner from my house. But No, but that's handy. It is handy, but it's actually, it stays, it's usually empty until noon when my lessons are over. So you're going to launch some stuff for the fall and hope that it, hope that you can get, get it done. But obviously skateboarding in the rain is probably not super safe. So you can't really do that. Yeah. So I had, so in the springtime here, it is quite wet as well. So when I launched it, uh, I think it was April 24th was the first lesson and we did Saturday lessons. Um, so I left Sunday open in case it rained on the Saturday. Oh, rain day, and then yeah. I got I got lucky enough that I think I still only have to make up two lessons for one kid. Wow, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Like my wife could tell you stories about me pacing around the living room. Oh my gosh, it's so wet. I imagine. Oh no, it's clouding over. It's gonna rain. No. And so I would go to the skate park. So, cause lessons started at nine. So I would go to the skate park just to check it out at say seven 30. And then I, t- I told the parents beforehand that I was doing that. And then I would send out an email, whether or not lessons were able to run. And they all were super cool. Like they all understood. Yeah. But in my own, he- they all- my own head in the story I'm telling myself is they're never going to come back. They well, hate me already. <laughs> that's, you, you know, I think that people have to have to be reasonable, but yeah, I could see where that would that would stress you out, you know, when you're yeah. trying to start this new business and you're trying to do so much good, that would be really yeah. hard. Yeah. I think, you know, I think this, this story for, for Autism Canada is so important because as I said earlier, you know, our mission is inclusion, is acceptance. And, mm-hmm. you know, people talk about awareness, but I think for us, acceptance is so much more important. And mm-hmm. I'm sure as a, as a parent of a child on the spectrum, it is for you as well is, is just creating a space where everyone's accepted and where you can um, just share such an exciting sport with kids. And so what I wanted to go back to, which I forgot to mention before with why my program is great for these kids is if any of the kids are like my son, Jack, hyper-focus is a big part of, of his autism. And once I have a couple kids that get, I, I have, so each kid gets a trick card. I call it a trick card. So I've listed on there. There's 10 tricks listed in the beginner section. There's 10 listed in the intermediate section and 10 in the expert section. And each time they accomplish one of these tricks, I take a punch 
and I punch out that number and the kids love it. So, but, but with the hyper-focus part of it, some of the kids look at it and go, okay, I have to do that. And then they work on that. And to see these kids work on these tricks because they're so focused on accomplishing it, they won't move on to the next one until they accomplish wow. this one. Wow, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and it's it maybe takes away from them hyper-focusing on scratching themselves or or playing with their pad over and over or a, or a funny feeling somewhere. Their focus is on the skateboard and getting this trick done. And they're advancing so quickly through my trick card you're gonna need more (laughs) i'm gonna have to come up with some more tricks and i'm gonna have to learn all these new tricks (laughs) you know and i'm not a spring chicken here anymore i get i get get hurt pretty easily i'm at the tail end of a broken foot so was that a skateboarding injury or a snowboarding injury it's all skateboarding (laughs) well you know that's the beauty of training some younger people right then they can spend their time it's also a real lesson in persistence and, oh, yeah. you know, try, try again, right. As the ad- old adage goes, try, try again, and you'll get it. If you keep trying, having that card and having that list of, of, of accomplishments and setting goals like that is a real lesson mm-hmm. also in, you know, executive function and just, and just learning how to make something happen. If you really want it to happen, you can make it happen and here's how you do it. So mm-hmm. that's just another bonus to everything else you're teaching these kids. The other thing that they absolutely love too is I've I've been lucky enough that I've had one of the skateboard distribution companies and one of the one of the people that sits on on my board of directors he works for Volcom Skateboard Canada and so he he donated a whole bunch of stickers and then the skateboard distribution I just had an article done with I mean the local newspaper and they reached out to me and now they've donated skateboards they've donated pads they've donated thousands of stickers so what i've been doing at first i was i out of my pocket i went and bought stickers okay i want to give these guys some cool skateboard stickers as part of the cool factor that i'm trying to put across because skateboard stickers are a big deal like you get those vans t-shirts or those vulcan t-shirts or pants or whatever which my kids love and you get the sticker with it they love them yeah Yeah, totally so at the end of each lesson i do their punch card and then they're just waiting drooling over the what sticker is he going to give me today (laughs) i love it i love (laughs) it now their helmets are covered in stickers and it's so cool that's so great and i'm so glad you've gotten the attention of some of those organizations because um how exciting if you have a, a kid who maybe can't afford a skateboard that you could offer that opportunity you know here use your funding to pay for this and then i can also lend you a skateboard for the lessons or for the That's duration right. of the lessons or you know we'll we'll do a draw at the end of this year and you'll get a skateboard or whatever you're doing with them that's just me yeah. Um, that's just me talking, but, but that, I want to, I so want to throw it, bit, I want to throw it out there. If there are any parents that are listening to this, that want to get their child into skateboarding, please don't buy a big box store skateboard. They just don't perform as well as a skateboard from a skateboard shop. Okay. So they should go to, we have zoomies here. They have skateboards. Yeah, Do you have zoomies, zoomies there? Zoomies, yeah. yeah. What other kind of places can you go? Um, well, we uh, have, we have guys- one called the boardroom. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's skateboard, snowboard specific store. Right. And just go talk to the people and they will set your child up with the, the right skateboard. Okay. Cause the big, the big box store skateboards look like those skateboards, but they just don't, the wheels don't roll. The trucks. 
the trucks don't the work trucks as well. The trucks aren't the same. <laughs> that's my that's my skateboarding lingo for you. That's right. <laughs> well, okay, that's that's actually really good advice. What other advice would you give to parents who might want to give get their kids into skateboarding? Because obviously, we're going to be talking to people across the country. They're not all mm-hmm. going to be able to come to your mm-hmm. lessons as much as it would be amazing if they could. What other advice do you have for parents that? That might so, want to start their kids. So, you know, there, there's a big aversion to falling. Falling really hurts on a skateboard. Get the pads, get wrist guards, get a proper helmet, get elbow pads, get knee pads, and get those all pleased from a skateboard shop because they're quality. And you know what? Don't be afraid to let the, your kid fall because that's a part of it. And the protective gear will help them. And just hold on to their hands and let them roll around. Just get them comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that. The best advice is to just let them try it. I know as a parent, I'm a parent. To watch my kids do something scary for the first time is pretty scary for me. But now, it's, you know, I just let it go and they've got to learn. And I think that's so important in life in general is mm-hmm. that the only way they're going to learn is if you if you let go a little bit. So, yeah. you know, do what's comfortable for you, obviously, but, yeah. but yeah, give it a try, get the pads, get a helmet, get a good helmet, you know, yeah. all that stuff, same place, right. Don't use yeah. a hockey helmet, for instance, make sure you That's get a right. proper skateboarding helmet. I trust. Yeah. yeah, yeah for like, sure. a, like a skiing helmet isn't the same as a skateboarding helmet and That's they, right. they yeah. sit differently on their heads. And, and so make sure yeah. you have all of that. And um, another thing too, for, for people that are, that are, maybe a bit nervous about it or or the parents didn't grow up skateboarding like I did go to your local skate park and find if you see one of the older skaters skating pretty well like don't be afraid to ask them to give you a pointer as the parent to how can I teach my kid how to push properly and probably more often than not that skater is going to go to your child and show them right because that's what happens in the skate park. Like I said, it's a huge community of like-minded people that just want to have fun and pass on the fun. Right. And I, and, and I feel like being able to teach someone a skill is probably really exciting for other people in the park too. That was important. But back to the, my website that you mentioned, my website. Yeah. So you can go to my website, spectrumskateboardsociety.ca. I, there's not much on there right now, but I am revamping that. So there'll be photos and videos and stuff on there for people to, to see what actually goes on in the lesson, but that's coming soon. That's exciting. I um, will share that for sure in the podcast. The other thing I was going to ask you is, do you have any advice as a parent uh, Mm -hmm. for someone sending their kid off to potentially a skateboarding camp? What is, what sort of advice would you give to a parent who's dropping their their child, their neurodivergent child off at a skateboarding camp or a camp. Mm -hmm. I mean, but in this case, skateboarding camp for the first time. I think, I mean, what a lot of parents did with me was they, they emailed me first and we had kind of an, we had a phone call or just an email conversation about what's happening. What is it going to look like? What's your training? I guess Um, you could ask questions like that. I have. So to help me with my lesson, I have an intake form that I send to the parents. Um, and so they can tell me all about their child so I can prep myself for what's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I also, when people sign up, I send out a welcome page that explains how it's all going to go. It has that waiver or my waiver attached. It has my intake form attached to it. Um, and I think what you do is when you're dropping your kid off, if you're, if you're not sure, I'm, I mean, I have no problem with your parent staying around. Mm-hmm. 
and even helping. I mean, I broke my foot in the middle of lessons and I had, I had a bunch of the parents, like they, their kids loved it so much that the parents were like, let me come in and help you. And so I'd be there standing with my boot on. Luckily I had a boot. I was able to walk around, Yeah. but uh, I had the parent, the parents were holding the kids' hands, you know, and, and it's all just get involved. If you feel like you need to get involved, I don't think anybody's going to stop you from getting involved. I, did, yeah. I certainly wouldn't. If you're, if it, whatever's going to help your child succeed is what should happen. And I also think there's something to be said for having the parents involved a little bit, because then when the kid comes home from camp, they still have that support, right? So if they want to practice, their parents know what to do, which I also think is really helpful. I'm not trying to like toot my own horn here. I just think skateboarding is so amazing. It's so amazing in so many different ways, not just the balance, um, like the community, like we've already talked about mm. getting the kids to meet other kids like Jack. Like I said, I talked about the cutoff jean jacket. Like I have this picture and I should put it on my website. It's Jack. the first time I took one of the first times Jack decided he wanted to skateboard. I have him standing on the street with his skateboard in front of him. And he's got this dorky looking bike helmet on. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, you know, he's got some kind of, maybe his t-shirt's like tucked into his shorts or something weird you know what I mean and then I have this and then he decided he wanted this cutoff jean jacket with all these like iron on patches skate patches anybody who knows who Iron Maiden is he has a huge heavy metal patch on the back of his jean jacket and now I have the same picture of him on the street now he looks like this and it was all him that came up with this right? right Right. And so I think skateboarding helps kids to identify with something like they're going to become a part of an amazing community. Um, and they're going to start, I know Jack thinks he looks pretty cool when he's like that. And he feels mm-hmm. pretty cool. He, in the first time he came up to me and he's like, dad, is this, is this a good day to wear that jean jacket to school? And so I was like, yeah, this is a great day. It was his springtime, sunny day. So he wore this thing and he had like a, I think a Vans shirt underneath it. And he wore this black toque <laughs> and he looked like he was like a 20 year old kid, <laughs> you know? And then, so he comes home and he's still, and I was, I was, I was wondering when he left the house, whether or not he'd be wearing it when he got home. Mm-hmm. And so he came home and he was wearing it. And I was like, so, you know, who, what did this person say about it? Like, what do, what do people say? And they're like, oh, they thought it was so cool. They're like, wow, you dress like that. And I was like, I was like, yes, this is great. And it made him feel so good. Like, so skateboarding, you become, I've said it over and over in this podcast, but it's a huge community of like-minded people that just want to support one another. Get out there and skateboard. I love it. And I, and I love the self-esteem part of it. And I love Mm -hmm. the social part of it. And I love the kids supporting kids part of it or, or kids supporting teenagers or teenagers supporting kids. I love the community part of that. And I also feel like, like we talked about, a lot of kids on the spectrum are not so interested in being part of a, a team, like a baseball team mm-hmm. or a soccer team. So to be a That's part right. of a community where you can, you can advance at your own pace and learn things within that community structure, mm-hmm. learn the social skills, but also learn the skateboarding skills. That's I mean, right. what, a, what, a great, what a great thing for kids to be able to do. It is totally, you know, and it's like, a skate park 
is it's usually in a fenced in area. So it's similar to like a baseball diamond, <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. know, and, and that's their playing field that they can, but they can go in there and do whatever they want at their own speed. And well, even if like you know, through I, my lesson, like you, I don't like, it doesn't, if you can't push by the fourth lesson, that is fine with me. Right. I, you know, you are still welcome back to another lesson. Whereas baseball hockey if you can't do a slap shot by the time you get to this level why are you playing hockey still yeah you know that seems to be the way it goes you're not going to move up through the rankings to get to the next level of that sport and this skateboarding is there's no there's no limit to what you can do right which is amazing and there and and it's something you can do well you said you're an old man but it's something you can do (laughs) for a long time Right. Yes. So it's a skill that you're going to have for a long time and it's a way to make friends and it's, it's, um, well, yeah. And it's, a, and it's good for your health. Like, let's face it. It's exercise. Right. It's good it exercise. It's super good exercise. Yeah. It's sure. hard work. So it is hard work. I think that, um, there's so many benefits to skateboarding and I really hope that our, our Vancouver area, North, North shore, area. North shore listeners will give a, give your website a look. And I also wanted to talk about your social media. So mm-hmm. you're on Instagram. I know you are on Instagram. And what's your handle on Instagram? Uh, Spectrum Skateboard Society. Okay. So everyone follow Spectrum Skateboard Society on Instagram. Check mm-hmm. out what they're doing. It's an amazing program. Um, if you so you're much. not in that area, get your kids involved in skateboarding because they're going to love it and they're going to learn. And can people email you if they have questions? Yes, of course. Okay? People can email me at info at spectrumskateboardsociety.ca. I know it's a long name, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's a good name it's a good if name I, it says if i can you're do doing. it you can do it <laughs> yeah no absolutely we'll put we'll put the links to your social media and also to your website on our on the podcast and we'll also put it on our social media so that people can find you and sure. um i wish you so much luck going forward and we definitely want to stay connected and we want to be able to send people your way if there's sure. any other people out there in the skateboarding world who are listening get in touch with Blair. Maybe you can work together somehow. Mm-hmm. And, um, and let's talk again before you start next spring. So we can make sure people know what you're doing and, yeah, I would love uh, that. and can get involved. Cool. Okay? That sounds amazing. Yes. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you, thank so, you much so much for, for your time. Me. It was great <laughs> to talk to you today. Thank you for joining us today. Stay tuned for more episodes of Sharing the Spectrum and Autism Canada podcast. The beautiful music you heard is from Bruce Pethrick. Bruce is a neurodiverse musician and friend of Autism Canada. You can check out more of his music on his website at brucepethrick.com. Our executive producer is Barbara Patton. Julie Perkis is our producer. Additional thanks to the Autism Canada team, including Tafari Anthony, Shannon Zielinski, Dominique Payment, Mariana Curick, and Earl Zielinski. For more information about Autism Canada, don't forget to visit us at autismcanada.org. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube.